1: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. Google is concerned that Apple allows iMessage users to bully Android users. If true, Google is probably just as much to blame. Timnit Gabru launches the Distributed Artificial Intelligence Research Institute to focus on how bias and artificial intelligence harms marginalized groups. Due to the pandemic, CES this year still wasn't CES of old, but that didn't stop the auto manufacturers from completely showing out. And in our TTJ spotlight, we showcase another hidden figure that was mathing the heck out of stuff for the U.S. military. We've got all this and more in episode 17 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood.
2: And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph.
1: And out of Atlanta, this is
0: Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Bladder Stay Full.
2: <laughs> I saw that post. Oh, uh, um, listen,
0: as my New Year's resolutions, uh, just one of them, I uh, want to drink more water. And I actually, for Christmas, got one of those large gallon um, pitchers with the little lines
2: to you drinking. Right, <laughs> right. So you it's there. got
0: exactly. So it's nine a.m., eleven a.m., one p.m. So you see, if you if you drink the amount of water by that time. By nine o'clock, I think you've drank a gallon worth of water. So I've been doing that for about a week. And let me tell you, I stay in the bathroom. <laughs> but see now, I,
2: there, there, there are conflicting reports about how much water you actually need to drink a day. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of, and a lot of them I read has said that's too much. Like there is isn't such thing as water poisoning.
1: That you get,
2: um, from drinking too much water, and 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 a lot of people say, like, you know, like I said, it's it's everybody, it's an opinion, you know, like assholes or whatever. But um, but I have heard that drinking too much water can be um an issue, so you may want to check to see if you actually need that hundred and twenty eight ounces. Um, or if the, you know, eight, eight ounce, cause even like that eight, eight ounce recommendation that we always got drink eight glasses of water. Some people say that's too much. So I don't know.
0: Man. Well, well, my guess is, well, not my guess. Uh, I was hoping that my body would get used to it to where mm-hmm. I wasn't, uh, using the bathroom that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so I was going to try a lot of
2: water though. <laughs> like a gallon. like yeah. you, hey, you, it, your it, bladder's it. not stretching to accommodate that much <laughs> So so
0: once I get used to just going through, because one of my actually uh, more higher level, uh, one of my words, well, my only word for 2022 is consistency. Mm-hmm. So whatever I do, I want to make sure I stay consistent with it. So uh, the first resolution is drinking more water. So whatever I do, I'm not doubting your knowledge at all. Um, I just heard a gallon a, a day. And I'm exercising a little bit more. So my thought was, okay, well, if I'm drinking more water and I'm exercising more, then maybe my body uses the water more, but I gotta get used to it. But anyway, all that to say, right? Um trying to be more consistent with, you know, my intake and, you know, my actual exercise. But one of the drawbacks is I stay on the back, on the toilet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's tough. Um, I actually had COVID, uh, as you both know, but everybody watching don't I? I had COVID um over the Christmas holiday. And, you know, I found myself fairly dehydrated most of the time. So I was probably drinking like five of these a day. Um and, and yeah, going to the bathroom, but it, it's tough. I, I think I did get a little bit regulated because, you know, by the, by the time I came off quarantine, I wasn't um, going to the bathroom as much. Um, but then I stopped drinking as much too. So I think, you know, because I was no longer sick that I just, you know, was like, all right, I don't need to drink that much water, but it's hard. Trust me. It's so hard. here's the question.
1: How much water were you drinking before you intentionally started trying to drink a gallon a day? what Water. exactly so part part of it is that you probably were somewhat dehydrated Your anyway tolerance just because was zero you weren't drinking anything <laughs> um you're over 40 so that you know things just change uh um, you know oh, which you by the start. way uh had a had a birthday so happy birthday to me over the holiday oh, yeah,
2: you, did. you were like you were like an early january baby
1: Oh yeah, that was New Year's. So I'm just I'm gonna mess with you. Mm-hmm. So were you the first baby born in oh, your yeah, house right. panel?
2: You're the first, right. baby. <laughs> and see I'm January 31st, so you're the first and then 30. I have a birthday mm-hmm. coming up at the end of the month. All
1: right, there January, you go, January babies. But uh, but no, that that's that's the a big Capricorns, part of it. Though. If you uh you know you, you get to a certain age and things just change, so that that's going to increase more. But yeah, most people, and I'm not saying this because I'm any type of expert on this, but I have worked out a lot. Uh, you know, at a point in my life, back when I was playing ball and stuff like that, and you just don't realize how much water you should be drinking. Most people mm-hmm. just don't drink water, so they are walking around in a constant state of dehydration, not really realizing that they that's what it is. It, yeah.
2: Um.
1: So, um. So that that's part of it. I'm just glad you're getting your, you know, you're getting your health health together because uh, you know, what, whatever few pounds you done lost, I done found them um yeah. <laughs> on those holidays because it's like. You know, stuff like you just said, you just had, you just had it. Uh, Terrence and I have another friend who, uh you know, Rod, he had it over the holidays.
2: Yo, that Omarion um, ain't no joke. <laughs> catching, catching everybody, man. Omarion is out so, here. So I was like, I
1: haven't been to the gym since the week before Christmas. The full week, so nothing, like Christmas, on a Saturday. Not that week previous to the Saturday. It was like the week before that. That you know, I've, I've shut it all down. So I'm itching to get back, and I'm gonna have to break out a bowflex or something, or you start going for some walks because I can't really use the, the snow for an excuse. We don't have any in Ohio for this time of year, which is kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, this is a tech show. <laughs> we probably should get to talking about some tech. So, but before we do, let me mention uh Patreon. So there are folks uh we mentioned Saree, who is listening to us watching us right now. She hit us up in um Discord A hey. Y'all live streaming tonight. <laughs> just, just wanted to make sure we was doing the thing because this, you know she, she holds it down. She, she has been in most of these since we started live streaming. So and the way that you do that is that you have to hit us up on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com/slash forward the tech John, and you can sign up for various benefits over there. One of which will give you the ability to watch us do live streams of the show. Um, you know, we have started getting a little community of people coming in and watching us and uh, we can kind of go back and forth and it's just been fun. And you also get more. There's more stuff. There's stuff that we do sometimes before the show, almost always after the show that you just don't get in the regular podcast. So once again, head us up on Patreon.com forward slash the tech John and you can sign up for some Patreon benefits over there and get some extra stuff. So with that being said, let's get into the show and talk about some tech. And I couldn't wait to get to this story, Terrence. Uh, well about google why because we uh, give you we give you grief because you one of the green bubble (laughs) bands not so much you and i'm not (laughs) saying who gives me grief i'm just kind of well let me (laughs) sure i'm pointing pointing the (laughs) right way to the the person i'm pointing
2: to gives me grief is
1: like is the green bubble bully i'm just saying man tell us what what google is uh what they complaining about this week about what well i don't know if this so that was my question i don't know if this is a complaint or this
0: is a ploy And what I mean by that is, well, give you the backstory. You know, if you buy an iPhone, if you buy an iPad, if you buy a Mac, you get the free Apple's free iMessage service that as long as you're connected to the Web, you can send and receive text messages. But Apple takes a step further. They've got extra features like Memoji. They've got uh, specific replies that you can reply to a message without actually physically replying. You can give reactions. You can do um all these extra things. That little, are,
2: uh,
0: uh, the little re- the screen reactions. Yeah, like for, what is it?
2: I'm like fireworks. I I'm like, what am I yeah, trying to say? I was like fireworks. Yeah, like the New Year's Eve, It was like fireworks.
0: Yeah. Right. So you got all these features that Apple users... Take advantage of. In addition to that, you know, the whole cult thing, if you know you're sending somebody a message to an iPhone or to an Apple product is because you'll see the green bubble as their response in the message. And then everybody that's using text message, more specifically, Android users, you know, they'll get a green bubble. So if you're sending somebody a text message or you're in a group conversation like us, me and Stephanie, we're using iPhones. We send receive messages. We see a blue bubble. When uh, Dunwood jumps in, we get the little green bubble and we give him grief, right? Well, Google has decided to take it a step further and equate the fact that Apple users have this specific set of features and this specific um, offering that everybody doesn't have as bullying
2: well no i gotta stop you i gotta stop you because that that's 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 part of the context but um the the article the article that we had in from the verge is not the full thing they they basically regurgitated a wall street journal uh like it was a it was a pretty long um article that i read today Mm -hmm. apple they google's beef is that apple is capitalizing off the bullying not that they are doing any sort of bullying themselves but they're Mm -hmm. capitalizing off the bullying and the ostracization Mm -hmm. that other people inflict on people especially young people Um, because just for for some additional context 70% of of people aged 18 to 24 have an iPhone so that's Mm -hmm. a lot of young people and the stigma attached to that green bubble uh, when you enter the group chat with that green bubble can be fairly significant for that group that demographic um and so their google was saying that apple was capitalizing off of that stigma by keeping iMessage behind their wall guard walled garden and in their ecosystem which i mean it's their ip like what what do you want them to do i don't i don't understand
0: and it's not just that, you know, Google does this notoriously with their own products, but we'll get into that a little bit later, mm-hmm. right? So to reemphasize what, you know, Stephanie said, uh, there's a quote, I guess, from the um, person who did this story in the Wall Street Journal. His name, is their name is Lockheimer. Um mm-hmm. Or is that I don't know if that's a the person who did the Wall Street Journal or is that the Google executive? But anyway, he says Apple's iMessage lock-in is a documented strategy using peer pressure and bullying as a way to sell products is disingenuous for a company that has humanity and equity wow, wow, as a wow. <laughs> as a core part of its marketing. Tiny
2: violin. <laughs> right,
0: right. The standard this and here's the key: the standards exist today to fix it. So the question I wanted to ask, and I'll get into it, um, Google is hard pushing this RCS texting standard. Mm. The wireless carriers are trying to do this RCS texting standard to where any phone, any phone number, any carrier, if you're adopting this standard, you'll get all of the same features. It's standardization, basically what it is. So, right. um, you know, Google is hard behind this not only that google has tried and done what can tell you on this they've tried multiple times to create their own ostracized walled off um
1: the text thing. version you know
2: the better mousetrap like stop crying and, 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 <laughs> so, and come correct like why what's the problem here i don't i don't see a problem here
1: <laughs> google has been so inept and discombobulated with what they do with their messaging That Mm -hmm. they're just as much to blame as Apple is for, for this situation. Because it's like, if, if you think about it, uh, they've had 13 or so messaging platforms that have come out. Um, almost of them, almost all of them have been abject failures, almost from, Um, almost from the jump. Right. Since I, you know, since uh, iMessage has come out. So iMessage came out and it was working. And they actually I mean, there were things that Google was doing with some of their messaging platforms. It's like before they even came out, it's like, why would you do that, Google? No one's going to use this. It's like, you know, um, and, and here's the other part of it. And, and, and a question I want to ask, is this really even an issue outside of uh, the United States? Or, or let's just say North America, because I think it is more.
2: Because most people use WhatsApp. um, Yeah, I was going to say, you know,
1: iMessage is big here, but it's not big everywhere else. Most people in most places that are not where we are don't use iMessage to the extent that they do here in the United States. It is WhatsApp messenger. So, So, which, if you really think about it, is even worse on Google's part because when you're here in the United States, it's almost 60% of people use iPhones and it's just over 40% of people use Android. But everywhere else, depending on what report you look, it's like 80 to 85% of the world right. uses Android and 15 to 19% of the world uses iOS. So when you're talking about all these other places that iOS or I should say iMessage is not the thing. Well, what's your, what's your excuse there, Google?
2: Right. Google's it, being could it be that
1: you just suck so bad with your messaging <laughs> that you left it to, okay, you know, literally, you know, uh, what's that message? You said, all right, since Google ain't going to do it, we'll go ahead and do it. And they created something that was kind of awesome. Now w- we have talked about issues with WhatsApp in previous shows, but as a messaging platform, I mean, think about this Facebook stuff gets more text message type, you know, um, you know, play than actual SMS does, which was designed to be the thing. Right. So that's not on Apple. That's on Google. Right. And like I said, I don't even think this is really an issue outside of the United States and Canada, maybe Japan to uh, a bit of a lesser extent. Right. So kind of rhetorically speaking.
0: Right. This goes to my question I wanted to pose is the fact that there are people out there with Android devices who can't join this club of uh, iMessage users who are using this blue bubble. And as a result. Feel some type of way via bullying, via mental health, or whatever the case may be? Or is this a a ploy to get either A, to get Apple to allow other devices to use uh, iMessage, which I very highly doubt? Or is this a ploy to get Apple to adopt or integrate this RCS messaging standard? Ding, so, ding, ding, ding. ding. <laughs> so, Um, people who, you know, if they use an example, iPhone families won't feel so bad about giving their kids or family members an Android (laughs) if they can still kind of take part in this whole messaging, you know, service. (laughs) With
2: the exception of the group chat, because, um, there is something weird that happens when there are iPhones and Androids in a group chat. Like messages get splintered off, a set, a separate thread gets started, like arbitrarily. You can't leave a group chat um, when it's, you know, iPhone and Android users together without, you can't change the dynamic of the group. Like you can't put somebody. So that the group chat needs to be, Standardized and unified in some kind of way. Um, otherwise, all the rest of that stuff, emojis and everything else, that's Apple's IP. I will say, however, um, uh, people do feel some kind of way about this. You know, mm-hmm. the idea that, it, um, you know, and when you say people, you, really you doing, do
1: mean yourself. Oh, uh, uh, well, no,
2: no, 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 not me. Uh, Android users. Cause, you know, I'm gonna go back to that post. I posted, um, there was a meme going around a few months ago with red flags. People were, we're posting like a -hmm. little Twitter thing with a red flag with red flags and you know, whatever. And I put Android users and put a bunch of red flags. And I was like, my little caption was like, Oh, those green bubbles just irked my soul. And when I tell you, The, the spirited debate that went on in my comments around Android users feeling in their feelings behind what was, uh, what was just a joke. It's a meme, folks. It's, it's comedy. It's just comedy. Um, (laughs) but, but people were really, really in their feelings. And I think, you know, it has become a sort of a, um, class stigma. Yeah. and, And, and kind of a class issue as well, because there, because there were more than one comment about, the people that couldn't afford iPhones and and being on mm-hmm. some must be nice if you can afford an iPhone. And well, if you want to pay for an iPhone for me, then I then you can get a blue bubble. Like they was really feeling some kind of way, mm-hmm. and I could see young people, like very young children, who are getting their first phones and have to get you know an Android phone because of you know cost considerations, feeling left out of of, of the group when people you know be trying to clown them because they got the green bubble
1: right
0: so but but i guess well i guess
2: still a first world problem so
0: and not only and not only that bullying right uh it's such a broad term same way as mental health same way as all these other polarizing terms right you know i'm of the ilk that you know everybody has had been the the i guess the brunt of a joke or getting joned on or clowned on whatever you want to call it but, you know, that I don't want to say builds character, but it forces you, you know, and I don't want to make this a bigger issue. Right. I think right. issues like that, com- conversations like that, when green bubbles versus blue bubbles is no different than you getting laughed at for, you know, having a whack shirt or having a whack hat or. What you are know, those? Right, right.
2: Sneakers or whatever. It is right. what it is. And if you laugh. If it wasn't this, on. it would be something else. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think, like I said, this is, this is a huge first world problem. If you got a smartphone at all, you doing all right. right. Um, right. and just, you know, get your green bubble, your blue bubble, you know, Google, I think really did take it a little further than they needed to with that language. I, I agree mm-hmm. that that language of bullying using putting bullying in the, in the language, I think really took it a little too far because it, it really ain't that deep. Right.
1: No. And, and as I said, I believe this is an RCS thing um, because Google might have, you know, by just, pure process of eliminating, you know, all the wrong things that they've done with messaging. They might actually be wanting something with RCS at this point, mm-hmm. um, simply because the carriers this year have all decided that they're going to use uh, Google Messages as their default. So if you buy an Android device this year from AT- AT&T, T-Mobile, or Verizon, the default messaging application is Messages. Um, I don't know that that's caught up around the world yet, but they definitely are doing that here in you know in the states. So you're mm-hmm. going to get to where, at least if you're talking to another Android user, you're going to get very you know you know very iMessage like feature and functionality between you yourself and other folks who are using um this platform. And so, well, well, I was going to say you know, I, and we can get off of it, but that's how ironic
0: is Apple or uh, Google trying to give Apple grief for um, forcing quote unquote their iPhone users to use iMessage when if you what you say is true and you get an Android and the default is Google Messages as as versus Samsung has their own messaging platform versus all these other brands that come out have their own messaging platform aren't you doing the same thing on an mm-hmm. Android to where you are forcing people to use the Google version and then if somebody else that doesn't use the Google Messages they decide to use the the default text messenger you know, you're doing the same thing. So it's like, how ironic, you know,
1: kinda, kinda, sorta. Um, but RCS, it, everybody thinks that's Google's thing. It isn't. It's actually just a standard. Right. So any SMS app can use uh you know you know can use RCS. Now there's some okay. issues with uh you know peer to peer um you know encryption um with that. You know you right. kind of need Google machine. for would that would be
2: that would be Apple's pushback if if yeah. any. I think they st- they talked about the fact that you know cryptic, security yeah. would be compromised and, and that's so, their thing. So
1: right so so that that's part of it. Um but you know, the carriers were so slow with rolling out RCS because for them, it's like, well, how do we make money on this? It's like, we're not really making money with SMS anymore. So why, So how are we going to make money with RCS? Mm-hmm. Oh, we really don't see how we're going to make money with that. Nope. So although it is a standard, we'll eventually get to it. Google had to basically on their servers... In a, you know in, in um enable all these features that you now get in uh the uh the Google Messages uh application so the carriers are saying hey well we don't have to develop this anymore we can just let Google do it and it, you know we're not charging you any less for uh, your phone or for your service. So let's let Google do it. And, you know, we'll, we'll just roll with it that way. So like I said, Google has stumbled into something that probably is going to work for them. And they're just trying to make it so that Apple will actually use it. Apple has no intention of and ever like using RCS. Could,
2: I feel like there could be a way for that, for a standard to be adopted, but for for individual um, OSs to still have unique features, you know what I mean? I'm like I it, am I oversimplifying this? I don't know. I think you can probably, you know, all have the same it's just as far as like like I said the group chats and the bubbles all be the same color and whatever. Um but but if you have an iPhone you get to do it with emojis, but you don't get to do them on, you know, uh, an Android device, but again, this is this and, is all in the noise.
0: Right. Yeah, and that goes also go down to all goes down to it ain't that big of a deal. Just people have their own camps. But then we move on when the channel right. changes. Right. Stop <laughs>
2: hating y'all green bubble folk. <laughs> Those green bubbles are the worst.
1: So I'm told. So I'm told. <laughs> so, guys, this uh, this next story, um, I wanted to make sure that we hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Timnit Gabru, um, she launched... A new, uh, basically new company, uh, or organization, institution. I'm not sure exactly what you want to call it called the Distributed Artificial Intelligence Research Institute. Institution, that's what you should call it. Uh, Um, DAIR or DARE for short. Um, and it's an independent research institute that will concentrate on the harmful outcomes of AI technology. Um, and, uh, you know, how it can adversely affect marginalized communities like us. And this mm-hmm. was like I so said, I wanted to talk about this because this was our very first show. We replayed yeah. our first episode um you know back in uh I think a couple of weeks ago when you know our first week off over the holiday. And a lot of folks have still they're still commenting on that. It's like, oh well I didn't know that this is uh why the you know why why the hand dryers don't work. Or Oh wow! It's like you know, not just a couple times more. You mean it could be literally a thousand percent worse, for, <laughs> you know, for people of color? It could be 17,000 yeah. percent worse. So she basically, uh, you know, a while back was uh, the, the co lead uh, for a team at uh, Google for basically, uh, you know, ethical AI. You know, her mm-hmm. job was to go and look at things um, from a Google standpoint. How is our AI potentially adversely affecting folks? And that's what she was doing, and I guess and she it's ran into so some static. Interesting
2: and typical that once she found something that didn't actually favor Google, that's it. that's when she got the boot. And it's like, it didn't, but wasn't that what you brought her in there for—to find those issues and point them out so that you could fix them and do better? Like, I, I just, I don't get it.
1: So the the Google thing was a little over a year ago. It was December of twenty twenty, mm-hmm. beginning of December twenty twenty, when she ultimately. I don't know if, if fired was the right word, if terminated was the right word. Let's just go with she stopped getting paychecks parted, from Google.
2: Parted ways with the company.
1: Exactly. <laughs> there is um, some
2: dispute as, as to whether she was fired or quit on her own. And like
1: own. I said, she was the, uh, you know, she was the co-leader of the ethical AI team. I mean, this, she, she was a, you know, executive, you know, at this company and was just dealing with, all right, guys, wh- why is the stuff that, you know, you know, doesn't look so great from a Google standpoint. Why are we having such a hard time getting things moved through, getting, you know, getting this stuff to get out there for a peer review and all that kind of stuff. And like there's a whole ton of articles over the yeah. last year that have been written on this. And we've linked to some in our show notes, which actually our show notes are on the techjohn.com for, you know, um, for slash show notes. You'll be able to get those there uh, starting tomorrow when this episode goes up. But, uh, you know. That being said, she ended up leaving the company about a year ago, and now she started D.A.R.E., and they have received $3.7 million in funding from the MacArthur Foundation, the Ford Foundation, Kapoor Center, um, Open Society Foundation, and the Rockefeller Foundation. And their goal is not only to document the harms of AI, which is what we talked a lot about in our first mm-hmm. episode, our episode zero, but they also want to develop a vision for how AI applications can actually help the very marginalized communities that it is actually hurting, um, you know, today. So I, like I said, I wanted to, you know, just kind of point this story out because it's like, all right, you know, this is, this is how we launched our show. And this stuff is still an issue. We still can go to stadiums and try to wash our hands and dry them off when we can't. And Uh, I think it's good that,
2: you know, she's still out there fighting the good fight and, and my hope is that, you know, these whatever they come up with whatever whatever the institute comes up with will be taken seriously you know people will actually um uh, respect the work and 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 make an an effort to integrate the work into their future ai efforts we we can only hope um but it, it, it's, it's just, you know, Google really, this is a real black eye for Google. I mean, I think they're still suffering from some really bad PR behind this because they actually fired the white girl too. You know, it was, a, it was a team of her and, and a woman named Margaret something, I believe. Uh, but they fired her as well. And after both of those women parted ways with the company, Google instituted checks, what they call checks on topics that researchers can explore. So now they're sort of policing what you can even go in there and, and work on because they don't want you to find something that's going to make them look bad or paint them in a bad light. So this is definitely not a good look for Google. Um, but again, hopefully, you know, other companies will realize the financial benefit to making sure that your AI is inclusive and will and will take whatever recommendations um, she comes up with. Mean, meanwhile, they fighting with Apple about some green and blue bubbles. About right? some green and blue bubbles, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, this
0: well this goes to show that you know one monkey don't stop no show. Number one mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and number
0: two, what's for you is for you. Bam. You know your mission, your passion, your vision, your your contribution to this world you know, won't stop because somebody they decided they didn't like it. You know, now this may be it may have been a big um, struggle or challenge for her being, you know, ousted by Google. But the fact that she's able to turn around and start this foundation and get this funding shows that she was going in the right direction, you know, so shout out for her for fighting a good fight. And then, like you mentioned, uh, Stephanie, um, hopefully this gets enough um, air, this gets enough uh, backing that mm-hmm. other companies partner or use the study, use the information to create better products like AI because it's coming. We're, it's not going to stop. Right. We're going right. to, we're not going to uh, debate. Well, we're not going to use the debate on whether or not AI is a good idea to whether or not we should or shouldn't do it. We're going to do it. Now it's, they're going to yeah. debate. They're going to debate it's while they done. do it, yeah. but they're going to continue to do it. Right. Exactly. So hopefully at the very least. They take this sort of information, this sort of um, importance, you know, that uh, her team is putting together, and they use that to, you know, create at least
1: a better version of AI before it gets too late.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you know, I just want to, you know, say, you know, one of the reasons that this show exists is so that we can talk about technology from our perspective. Uh, not that there is a, well, we need to have black technology that does this for us and there should be white technology that does things for everybody else. No, that's, that's not what we are, are saying. It's like, but there are some times when the way something hits our community is just different. And mm-hmm. if, if, if you're being honest when you look at it, like, so we, we, it's kind of funny. I was talking to my uncle about this who literally listened to our first episode over the holidays. He's like, so you mean to tell me the reason when I go into, the stadium. Mm-hmm. I can't draw my hands is because mm-hmm. I'm a dark skinned man. It's like <laughs> that's exactly right. Um. He's like and he's laughing. It's like dad. They got. It's like I can't even go to the bathroom. Again.
2: Right. And, it, and, he's, and,
1: <laughs> and, and he's saying it, you know, jokingly because you almost have to. If we didn't right. do that, if, if if every little microaggression was to get to us at our core, we would not be mentally sane. You know, you we would we would be a very 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 you unstable. Have to keep uh, from You know, you know, person or three on on, on this show. So. Um, so, so I get that, but it's just like, you know, this, it's important work to say that something that you may have overlooked an unconscious bias, something that you just didn't think about. I didn't think to tune it for, you know, you know, a a dark skin tone there, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was not, you know, trying to do that. I didn't intentionally not do it this way. I just didn't think to do it. Well, you're not thinking to do it still, you know, there's could be some unintended consequences from that. And that's what groups like, uh, like with, uh, dare, um And there are many others uh that they're looking to do to actually uncover some of these things and to report back to the companies that are creating this technology. Here's how you can do this better. Here's how you can, instead of adversely affecting this community, here's how you could actually do things that would help this community, maybe even more so than what your product is doing right now. So I will clap my hands. And for when you help black folks, you
2: help everybody. You really you know do. when you when you when you uplift one community, you know, we we all rise, basically. So, you know, shout out to her for for getting that bag. And um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of great research comes out of the Institute.
1: I really am as well.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
1: You guys, there was a little itty-bitty tech conference this year (laughs) called uh, Consumer Electronics Show. And I think initially, a few months ago, we were thinking, okay, we're going to be back. CES is going to be back the way that it, it has always been. And then... And then Omarion. The and now we got Deltatron <laughs> and all the Trons. And Flurona. Up. Now we
2: got Flurona as oh, well. Oh my
1: goodness. So fortunately, you had uh, quite a few um, presenters uh, backed out and quite a few attendees backed out. Um, I was just looking at video. It did not look like CES. I've been to CES three you know, three times now, clearly all before uh, pandemic. And it is stacked wall to wall with people. It was not. It was like being at a, like a lows it like right before they close it. Like they close at nine, <laughs> being in there like 850. There literally is nothing going on, um, at CES, but there still was some pretty cool tech that, uh, came out of it. So I think, uh, at this point of the show, we're going to talk about, um, you know, just some of the stuff that came out. Now, ter- know Terrence, you had some specific stories, uh, about, you know, cars that you wanted to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, lead us into that discussion? Well, um, I'm. I guess a little excited to finally see
0: um our big three or the major car manufacturers start to take EV seriously, not to say that they haven't been taking it seriously, but it seems like they've been they dragging their feet. They and, hadn't. <laughs> and, you know, so it seems like at uh, Until CES Elon the,
2: started making more money than they were. And
0: mm. then even after that, you know, they're still kind of, you know, um uh, specifically GM was talking about, Oh, we're going to, we're not going to do EVs. We're going to do full autonomous and we're going to partner with this company. We're going to partner with this company. Now they're finally saying, all right, let's just get some cars out there on the road <laughs> so we can then build off of that. So that's why I wanted to kind of uh, put, talk about the story because it seems like there were a lot of companies at CES, which side note, I've never been to CES. <laughs> a little, little Maybe note about a- me. <laughs> I was actually
2: supposed to go this year. Uh, I'm a, co- uh, uh, company had reached out to me and then it just kind of fell off. So. Right.
0: Right. Well, and and could have been all the other stuff that Rob talked about, but it Mm -hmm. seems like CES this year for based on what I was looking at the notes seemed like a lot of companies decided, all right, this is the year. This is the, the event that they're going to bolster or talk about their EV uh, products, specifically uh, general motors, probably the most one that I, Uh, took attention to because the pickup looks nice. Uh, They Mm -hmm. have announced their, it's called the Chevy Silverado EV. Um, It's supposed Mm -hmm. to come out in uh, 2024. They've already got reservations open. They're using their new Ultimum, I think that's what it's called, Ultimum, Ultium, Ultium, I said it wrong. Ultium EV platform. They'll be able to get 400 miles on a full charge. It's going to use, um, DC fast chargers, which is the, I guess the majority of the public chargers that you see if you go to a, a mall or you go mm-hmm. to a hotel and you see like the EV stations over there. I think theirs are DC chargers. So this, uh, Chevy Silverado EV, Will be able to get you a hundred miles of EV range in just ten minutes on these public EV uh, DC fast chargers. No word if to if GM's going to create their own supercharging platform. Uh, I don't think they should, but that's just opinion. I think they should use what's already out there until they really see, you know, if this something that their consumers want. But the fact that they put out a nice looking
2: Yeah, that Silverado mm-hmm. looked really really nice and I don't even mm-hmm. I don't even rock with pickup trucks like that. Um mm-hmm. but it looked it looked aesthetically really really nice.
0: Right. Um we'll put the link in the show notes so you actually take a look. It reminds me of the Cadillac Escalade. Mm-hmm. I think they had a Cadillac Escalade EXT. I think that's the name of it. Um I think um the, another it also looks like G- the Chevy
1: Avalanche a little bit too.
0: The Avalanche, that's what I was mm-hmm. looking for. Yeah, the Avalanche. So it kind of has that look. Um, but again, it's got the EV qualities there. Are, of course, GM is trying to keep up with Ford who did their lightning, the uh, Rivian pickup that's actually on the road now. Um, but all that to say, you know, it seems like, uh, GM specifically finally decided to kick it in gear. I've been waiting on them for years. You know, again, now I may not be ready for EV, but the fact that they're putting out one and it starts at, uh, $40,000, I think it's the. Entry level, yeah, $39,900 $39, for like the base level. Of course, mm-hmm. once you add up all the accessories and all this and all that, um, I think Charles, uh, in the, in the chat mentioned it's going to be over 105K once you add all the accessories, yeah. but <laughs> the base level is going to be at 40000 to, of course, keep in line with all the other models that I mentioned that have that base level price as well. So, uh,
1: mm-hmm. go ahead, Rob. G- GM is taking the stance. Um, no one has told me this. This is just what's in Rob's head. But in, in my head, GM is taking the stance that we're going to wait as long as we possibly can. So uh wh- what I think is driving GM is either laws that say you have to do this or competition that says you have to do this. Right. And they're looking at, whoa, the F-150 was already kind of kicking our butt. And look at how this lightning is going. So, you know, the, the F-150, uh, lightning is doing, uh, y- even though it's not available is, you know, so many people are pre-ordering this that the dealerships are jacking the prices up like 20, uh, not, not because you got extra features. They literally saying this car, even though the, you know, the MSRP might be 59 on it or this truck, I should say might be 59. Nah, it's going to cost you 89 because we can
2: hey, supply and demand. Um,
1: that, that's what they're Welcome doing. To <laughs> so, uh, so I think the GM is looking at that and saying, okay, competition is telling us that we now have to go and do this. And, um, I, I believe a lot of this car is based on the electric hummer, which they actually had come out, um, right, you know, right. late last year. So it's less, just, bulky, mm-hmm. less bulky, more streamlined, definitely less bulky, more streamlined, you know, but they've already had a lot of this work done. Um, and now they're going to go ahead and put it in this. But, um, like, like you said, you said, you know, 2024, late 2023, when this thing comes out, let's, let's see. Um right. I, I don't right. know if I'm willing to give GM that kind of credit that they're actually going to hit that deadline. Um, I think that it's probably going to be a little bit longer. But once again, if the F-150 is selling like that to where they have no choice, um, they'll get they, it done. They, they, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're going to get it done because I think a question that you can legitimately ask at this point is, are you going to, uh, you know, you know, when are we going to get to the point to where people actually are looking for EVs or maybe, uh, plug-in hybrids more so than they're looking for, uh, you know, um, gas combustion engine cars? And I think that that is going to be, well, when you can get the price to be the same, um, regular people, um, that are just, I need this car, you know, it's, a, you know, it, it is a commodity for me. I have to get from point A to point B, uh, to, you know, to exist. That's why I'm getting this. Um, clearly, you're going to want that car to look like you want it to look. You want it to drive like you want it to drive. But at some point, you know, the re- regular folks aren't going to pay a 20 percent premium just to have something electric. It's like so I can pay no. more money to get this car. that's going you know, there's going to be a little bit different than what I'm used to. But. It doesn't really do anything different than what the other car did. It's like I'm still no, gonna go for the city. You get in, you turn B. the key and you drive and it, it, exactly. Yeah. So, and we're
2: still I don't think we're there yet with charging stations either.
1: No, we're definitely not there with non-Tesla charging stations. Mm-hmm. So so I think that once again, GM is like, you know, they don't want to lay the groundwork for all of this. They just want to want somebody else does it Ride to the extent, the okay, let's come in mm-hmm. and let's GM this thing um you know that's that's kind of how they've been for probably the last 30 years with you know with their vehicles let somebody else do it and they will come in and do it the GM way so it it'll yeah, be really interesting ha- to see
0: i don't want to say has that worked but i guess you know that methodology and then you got and even before even before tesla you had toyota and you had honda and you had all these companies come in to now i mean i don't watch nascar but if you look at all the cars that they use in NASCAR, Toyotas, Toyotas, um, a Hondas, 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 and then maybe a GM or a Ford vehicle. So, I mean, just in that sense to where this like they're waiting around, it's like, meanwhile, you got Tesla and some of these other companies, you know, not to use a drug reference, they flood the market with product, you know, and making it a household name to where by the time GM jumps in, people are not going to say, I'm going to buy an electric vehicle. Oh, I'm going to buy a Tesla. You know, they make it like a like band-aids or like pampers. Right. You know, exactly. by that time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, let me let me Google this Brand versus in. let me go on the internet and do a web search, right? You, I mean, GM, not just GM Ford, you know, Dodge, you know, all the the company, the big three that America has pretty much built the foundation on as far as automobiles, the fact that some of these companies are coming in and eating their lunch like that, it's just like
2: yeah, what, well, what y'all I mean, waiting on? What we waiting on? Have always been sort of behind the curve with that kind of thing, and so we'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But what y'all think about that BMW?
0: Though? Yeah, that's and that's what I was going to get into. I was going, to I was going to talk about the Fisker, which I didn't know they were still a company. They're going to use radar to better protect for people and objects and things like yeah, that.
2: No, that's, and that's, that's then, a hard no, hard
0: pass. <laughs> and then getting into the BMW, they're coming out with their iX Flow Tech. Which is a electric vehicle, like a crossover SUV, but their claim to fame for this vehicle is it uses electrophoretic coloring, which is based on the technology developed by E Ink, to where the actual car changes colors at the push of a button. Is that something y'all be interested in, or is that a gimmick?
2: I'd be
1: interested in it. I just wouldn't be interested in paying for it.
2: (laughs) No, and It it looks really cool. So I'll just preface it, preface all of this, what I'm about to say, but with with that, it looks super, super cool. Um, Mm. you know, they only have three different variations. It it can either be white, black, or patterned, like a sort of a gray uh, pattern over top of a white, um, background. So, so I don't know that, that you can program red or, you know, whatever other color you want. Um, Um, My question, though, was how is this going to affect your registration and your insurance? You have to have your Mm -hmm. car's make, model, and color Mm -hmm. on your registration and your insurance. Mm -hmm. And so if your car can change colors... Like, and then how does this affect law enforcement? You know, we we're on the lookout for blue, you know, BMW. And and then you're like, okay, well then let me make mine white. You know what I mean? So <laughs> if, if there, there are, this is one of those things that was a, a solution looking for a problem. And, and I think they just wanted something really, really cool to make a splash at CES with, mm-hmm. but in, in practical terms there, I think there are just way too many questions and unknowns for this to really be a viable vehicle that could be on the road right now
1: it looks dope though it looks super dope (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) mission accomplished you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I think they wanted everybody to be like yo and but yeah it's going to be interesting like I said with 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 registration insurance and and law enforcement considerations around changing the color of a vehicle um like how do you even do that
1: I remember, mm-hmm. so there was, you, you guys, I know you remember Knight Rider with David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. But in the,
2: <laughs> some, sometime <laughs> in the
1: 2000s, they made a a spinoff or a, a revamp of Knight Rider. And this time, instead of having, you know, Chevy, it was like Ford. So it was a, uh, you know, I think it was like a Super Snake was the yeah, car. Mustang. It was a Mustang. A Mustang. Yeah. And then, then it was, it could turn into like a truck. You know, it could it could so change was it a transformer. Just, then it literally, <laughs> was, it literally was a transformer. But it was like it was kind of cool. I was like, okay, you need a, you need a truck. Hit a button, it turns into a truck. And it's like, okay, well, this is not yeah. that. But it's like you need a new color. Hit a button, you, you know, the color of your car changes.
2: That's not <laughs> kit.
1: It is not kidding, you know um, <laughs> it, it, it is not kidding. like I said that the show was horrible. I don't think I made it past two or three episodes of it, but uh, I just remember it. it's like if anything that I could take away from this is like if I could ever one day get a uh you know'cause I'm not I'm not really a pickup truck person unless I need it, but if I'm I hit a button and my SUV turns into a pickup truck, that would be kind of awesome for me.
0: so I'm kind of mm-hmm. growing into a pickup person uh one because I'm in Georgia and they're everywhere. Uh Number two, I'm actually me and my wife, were starting to start to do some home renovations to where we're going to need a bunch of stuff. And we have mm-hmm. a crossover SUV, but, you know, you got to fold down the seats and you got to right. cover it up because it's cloth right. and we don't want to get dust and dirt and all these other things in the back of it. So slowly but surely, I'm starting to grow into can I get a pickup? Of course, you know, we've got a family of five people. You know, of course, if we've got if we need to take a road trip, we've got the other vehicle to where we can all climb in, you know, put everything in, in you know, um, in the car safely and securely and still be comfortable. But if if I if I can get a vehicle that's just mine to where I don't have to worry about carrying around family, I may just uh, soften up to a pickup and the time I'd be looking to get something different, may be around the time to where EVs start to become commonplace. So just to, just talking in the air. Mm-hmm. I my next vehicle may just be a pickup electric vehicle. Again, they have to be commonplace by then, and they have to look good. My main gripe about electric vehicles before Tesla is them things was ugly. They and were Tesla, it and horrible.
1: It, it looked like bullets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they like were pretty uh, horrible. I've never understood that, but you can know I, what? Uh, go can ahead, I, I jump in on.
2: with one? Um, I had one pick from CES that I actually really liked um, and I wonder if I can use it uh, Samsung had an eco remote that never needs batteries it's a remote control for your television that never needs batteries because it pulls the through radio waves pulls from your Wi-Fi in your house and charges automatically and I think there's like some solar technology in there as well um, so I thought that was really really cool I was like because you know finding batteries for your remote is a pain. And yeah. and I'm and I watch a lot of television, you know, and a lot of different streaming services and platforms and things like that. So the idea that you could have a remote that didn't need to be charged um, is that what you have?
1: So the one you're talking about can do solar, and it can actually charge off of your uh, the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. This one is the 2021 model that actually is solar powered.
2: Nice.
1: So I just got this joint, you know, a few weeks back. And I'm trying, I'm like, is, what is, you know, I'm, I refuse to read instructions. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. I've been using TVs for, for darn near 50 years. So I'm not I'm not going to read instructions. So I'm like, how do I charge this thing up? So I'm trying to sit it on like Q chargers and stuff like that. i like, <laughs> no, that's not it. And unfortunately, I, I did have to actually go, I didn't read instructions, but Where I did ask thought? Google. And it's <laughs> like, oh, it's solar power. Just turn that joint over and sit it in sunlight and it, it'll actually charge up. Um, in addition to actually, it has a, uh, a, uh, is it a universal
2: remote? So can you use it with other televisions and stuff like that? I don't
1: know. I haven't tried that yet. I'm only using it with the, uh, and I just got me a little 8K joint, um, you know, down in my office and it, you know, it it came with that. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if I could use it with something else. It's very possible. But um I just thought that was kind of cool. Because I would it's totally
2: like, get one. I don't know if I would buy a whole new television just to get uh, eco <laughs> remote. But, no, uh,
1: I wouldn't either. And I can tell you, if this remote goes out, I will never replace it with this at the price these things are. This this thing costs almost $200. And it's like, so I could get another remote that costs me $30 <laughs> that right. does everything that this one does except not charged by the sun.
0: Well, you got to make I'll, sure you just put it on your windowsill like your plants. <laughs>
1: So, uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, I saw that and it was like, is that really a problem that needed to be solved? But, or is it just, well, we can do it. It's like,
2: Listen, and, and if you save a couple bucks a year on batteries and, and the environment, right. you know, what, what who, harm is, what harm is done? I
1: think they said that over seven years, which hopefully the life of the television is more than seven years, but over seven years, uh, or the life of this remote is longer than that. But over seven years, I think they said they would save like 80 million to 90 million AAA batteries or something like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. and
2: that, that's significant. That, that's,
1: yeah. that's significant. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know, I saw that. I'm like, wait, that's not my new joint, is it? No, it's like, so no, I, uh, I, did, I purposely don't look at CES TV stuff because I always buy my TVs right before CES so I can get, you know, great deals on them. And, um, so I don't want to know what, I, I don't want to have that I'm missing out on this. I don't want to know that, oh, I don't have to just put it in front There's of the, the sun. It. I can I'm now just let my Wi-Fi.
2: Yeah, so. <laughs> But no, there was a, there was a couple
1: of, you know, good things. Did you guys see the Roborock S7 Max V Ultra? Uh, no. I that is not. the $1400 Roomba, for lack of a better oh, word. Geez. It is a robot <laughs> vacuum cleaner. A and and right, it
2: does not, it climb stairs? Right. $1400. It would need to. This
1: <laughs> does not clean stairs, um, uh, mm-hmm. but it does actually mop the floor in addition to doing the vacuuming. Now, the reason I put this in here at $1,400, I will never forget this. It was Christmas of 1988. I was a, I think a junior in high school, um, sophomore in high school, something like that. No, it must have been a junior because I was driving. My grandmother bought her third Kirby vacuum cleaner. She's only ever owned Kirby. Mm-hmm. And like every 15 or 20 years, she would, she'd get a new one. This was the year that she got a new Kirby. And I remember her, you know, um, this is back in 88. I want to say my grandmother paid six or $700 for that back in 88. Wow. Okay. So I'm thinking to myself back then, there ain't no way in the world I would ever spend that much money on a vacuum cleaner unless that vacuum cleaner could vacuum by itself. It didn't need me to do it. And it would need the money. (laughs) So I remember having that conversation. Uh, in my head, when my grandmother got this, you know, um, this Kirby uh, vacuum cleaner, which I think is still going strong. I think my aunt still uses it or still has it. I don't know if she's using it. She probably has upgraded, you know, at this point. But uh, yeah, this thing actually doesn't just sweep; it mops. So I'm thinking for me, um, two thirds of my house is carpetless. You know, I, we have hardwood floors, we have uh, tile. This thing would work great on that. And I've always thought, it's like, okay, you know, these these little – like when the Roomba first came out, I, I still want to compare what you have today to what the Roomba was when it came out, what, 10, 12 years ago, maybe even a little longer than that. Um, these things actually vacuum your floor fa- fairly well. You, it, it is not going to deep clean them like a Kirby or a Dyson ball wheel. It's not, not going to do that. They're not designed to do that. Right. But when it comes to getting dust off of the floor, that it does. Well, and this but- is the – yeah, this is the closest thing to an autonomous vacuum and a cleaner.
2: A a broom, dollars yeah, a piece. Look
1: <laughs> now, look, Jack. For fourteen hundred dollars, I am going to need that yeah. joint to stain and stain, stain <laughs> sure and stain. Yeah. I am like a so, and a broom in a my notes, the I wrote in, in my notes, I wrote this down under really cool things that I probably will never buy, but never uh, buy. But it's like okay, they're getting they're getting closer to Lucy. Um, you know that is the uh, that that was the uh, the 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 maid on the Jetson. Rosie. The, the Rosie. Rosie, exactly.
2: Rosie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You holler at me when we got Rosie's and I'm so in.
1: We, we getting closer. So like, <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait, this can actually sweep and it can mop. And like, what you know, I, I actually saw, um, you know, I, I had a friend and this is, you know, this is in the before times, you know, I was over a friend's house and their room, it came out or whatever. I don't even think it was a room. It was something else. It was a robot vacuum cleaner. And I'm just thinking, it's like, is that just a gimmick or does it actually work? And it was it was his second one. He's like, yeah, the first one I got when it first came out, it was just a gimmick. This actually will clean your floor. Now, you still need to, you know, from a vacuum standpoint, you still need to actually go and vacuum your floor. But it's, what, what it's great for is just getting the dust up off of your uh, hardwood floors. If you've never had hardwood floors before, they are dust magnets. It's like, you know, you just walk through and there's going to be dust. This thing can come out and just get that dust to keep you from having to sweep daily. Um, not for $1,400, but I, you know, but I could actually see it. Well, I will say, uh, we have conversely, we have one of
0: them El Cheapo, uh, robot vacuums. It's not a Roomba. It's a, a (laughs) (laughs) Roombo. My wife, she, she loves a deal. So she found this thing and it don't do nothing. So I can see paying more than your average to get one of the nicer ones that you can program with your phone to where it goes in certain rooms and it don't go certain places. Uh, I, let me find a nice medium between that and then $1,400. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm not spending $1,400 on a curtain. No. So I know <laughs> I'm not going to spend that on this, but, uh, but I can see, you know, if you want to get a really good vacuum cleaner, you're going to spend four five, $600 on them. that's That's just what they cost. So I kind of understand it. All right. All right. So, folks, we're at the uh, time of the show where we want to do a spotlight. And I'm, I'm itching to do this when we, you know, we had two weeks where we didn't have actually three weeks where we didn't have a spotlight because like the show that uh, was just me and you, Terrence, we, uh, we didn't get a spotlight that week, uh, right before, uh, the holiday started. But, uh, this one was one that, uh, I, I just enjoyed reading this. So, our Tech John spotlight this week is Dr. Gladys West. Let me just go ahead and read this for you. So, Dr. Gladys uh, May West is an American mathematician known for her contributions to the mathematical modeling of the shape of the Earth and her work on the development of the satellite Geodes' models, which were eventually incorporated into the the, the Global Positioning System, or GPS. Born in southern Virginia in 1930, the daughter of a sharecropper and a tobacco factory worker, Gladys spent much of her childhood working with the family's farm, realizing early on that she did not want to work in the tobacco fields or the factories like the rest of her family. She was inspired by her parents and decided to get really into education and that would be her way out. Graduating Valedictorian of her high school class in 1948, Gladys was awarded a full-ride scholarship to the HBCU Virginia State College, which is now formally University, where she uh, went on to earn a bachelor of science in mathematics in 1952 and then a master's degree in 55. In 1956, West was hired to work at the Naval Proving Ground in Dahlgren, Virginia, now called the Naval Surface Warfare Center, where she was the second black woman ever hired and one of only four black employees. West was a programmer in the Naval Surface Warfare Center, Dahlgren Division, for large-scale computers and project manager for data processing systems that used the analysis of satellite data. In the early 1960s, she participated in an award-winning astronomical study. That proved the regularity of Pluto's motion relative to Neptune. Subsequently, West was, uh, you know, she began to analyze data from satellites, especially satellite altimeters such as the GOS 3, putting together models of the Earth's shape. From the mid 1970s through the 80s, West programmed an IBM 7030 stretch computer to deliver increasingly precise calculations to model the shape of the Earth, an ellipsoid with additional undulations known as the geoid. Generating an extremely accurate geopotential model required her to employ complex algorithms to account for the variations of gravitational, tidal, and other forces that distort the Earth's shape. West's model ultimately became the basis for what we now call GPS. West worked for dogman for 42 years, retiring in 1998. After retiring, she completed a PhD in public administration from Virginia Tech. Now, she was kind of an unknown or a hidden figure because many of the things that she's done, I mean, th- this woman is <laughs> responsible for GPS, so we can drive where we like to go without having to know how to get there. It, you know, we have mm-hmm. phones and cars that just tell us where to go. Um, but many of her accomplishments went under the radar until a member of her sorority, Alpha Cap Alpha, um, you know, I you know, read a short biography and was like, so Dr. West was another hidden figure, you know, just math and the hell out of stuff for the U.S. <laughs> government, which she, she absolutely was doing. Um, in 2018, Dr. West was inducted into the United States Air Force Hall of Fame, was awarded Female, alumba, excuse me, female Alumna of the Year uh, at HBCU Awards, and was selected by the BBC as part of their 100 Women of 2018. Just at the end of last year, Dr. West was awarded the Prince Philip Medal by the UK's Royal Academy of Engineering its highest honor and we're talking about her in present tense because even though she is 91 years young she's still kicking it you know this is right. a this is another person who has made you know significant impact on our daily lives from a technology standpoint that we had no idea about so got to give her you her know, flowers
2: the the that idea that these people are still alive you know, these are this is not ancient history. And why are you bringing up old stuff? And, you know, anything like that, these people st- are still walking around among us. We can go holla at Dr. West and 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 thank her for her contribution. So, you know, when <clears throat> when we're having those conversations, when you when you're getting those that pushback about why we always got to talk about, you know, this stuff. This is why, because these people are still alive and they deserve to be recognized and, and their contributions yeah, are not trivial. Say. You yeah, that's what I, mean? what I was going to say.
0: Not only are they still walking around, but the stuff that they created or were involved in are stuff that we can't live without to this day. That's right. right. Cannot right. live without.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder who got credit for that before. It, it came out that dr west
1: well you know, i, I know thing. we all probably know some aka so mm-hmm. when one of her sororals found out that was not gonna sleep That's <laughs> they right. gonna make sure That's that right. earth do, and they absolutely did because like i said you know it took forever but she finally did get her flowers and she still get them like i said she is still here with us today 91 years young amen so, folks, we're at the end of our show. And as we always do, we want to shout out our new patrons. Um, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, you can become a patron of ours over on Patreon.com forward slash the Check John. And this week, we've got a few new names to add. So we want to add Fred, Alan, Donovan, Nakia and Xavier as all new patrons. Um, and we also want to um, shout out uh, Gary Fisher, who gave us a raise. So
2: real quick. Thank you so uh much. Nikia is my sister. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, Phoenix.
1: Thank you for keeping it in the family. Thank you for <laughs> the support. Oh, and she's all the way down. She 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 hit us up on uh, Patreon. She's already in Discord
2: oh yeah we were that's who i was texting y'all to try Mm, to help in there and and when i tell y'all you know she's another uh bitcoin convert from listening to our episode with with tanya evans i mean she has just been like oh my god crypto crypto you gotta (laughs) put me i mean she just just like a rocket ship so um we definitely have to have uh tanya back soon because i mean the streets is talking
1: we definitely have to get her back and crypto might just be a thing because so many people are talking about it, it might just be a thing that we not every week we're not going to talk about crypto but it'll be something that we, we bring up more than just every time we have a guest that can talk eloquently about it because uh, well we're not
0: going to be able to help it soon because that's yeah. going to be the forefront yeah. of everything that we talk about going forward so it may not even have to be something we remember to do it'll just be something just like you know green and blue bubbles
1: <laughs> 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 Absolutely. So, y'all, we are at Shout the out end. Um, we just did our first show of 2022. Woohoo! Can't believe it. it's like uh, we're, we're old. This, o- this is only 17. This is only episode 17, but we feel like we've been doing this forever. We really just started at the end of the summer. So, we once again just want to, uh, you know, thank all of our listeners, all of our patrons who hang out with us uh, every week to talk tech about you from our perspective. And with that, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks how they can get to you online?
2: So you can see me all around the web at Tech Life Steph and check out my website at tilldeathyoutweet.com.
0: And you can find me on the interwebs everywhere at Brother Tech,
1: B R O T H A T E C H. And I am Rob Dunwood or at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we also want to say that, you know, head over to thetechjohn.com. We have a website over there where we have started finally putting our full show notes up. So you'll be able to get all the links and all the all the, all the good stuff that we talked about in this episode. And, you know, in previous episodes, when you head over to thetechjohn.com. And with that, we can go ahead and get up out of here. So until we get together again in a week's time.